Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome to First Strike, First Look here on VEASAN. Yes, the UFC is back off the full month layoff. We are back, which means I get to be joined by our guy, Lou Finnecaro. You can follow Lou as I do at Gamblu and the host of the Val Business Podcast. Lou, it is great to see you and talk to you again. I know my mother was waiting for us to come back. She misses the fight game. So if mom misses the fight game, I know the general public does. Uh, how jacked are you to get back in there as we really begin 2023 in earnest with the UFC and MMA at large? Dave, I'm quite excited. Thanks for having me on. We start a new year and we're coming out of a year where favorites in the UFC traditionally running about 63% in 22, they ran 67%. So a high spike with the favorites last year, that's a considerable spike from what it normally is. And so I'll, I'll be looking for a little bit of a return to normalcy, we hope, but there's Plenty on the horizon, great fights scheduled, uh, and we start with a card this weekend. And it starts right here at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas with Nasruddin Imavov was looking for an opponent, thought he had one in Kelvin Gaslam. Kelvin Gaslam had to post, be postponed and back out of this fight. And now you get Sean Strickland back in, fresh off his fight against Jared Cannonier. Uh, what did you make of this one replacement now for, you know, we had to get a, a main event here. So Strickland steps in and Sean right now is minus a dollar five and uh, Imovov right now is minus a dollar 15. When you change those opponents last second, how do you think it affects the favorite? Because uh, Nasser Dean was a much bigger favorite against Gaslam than he is against Sean Strickland. That's correct. And this line's only been out for a little while. And actually the, the opener was, 
uh, Strickland, excuse me, Imabov minus 170. So you can see there's been flow immediately bringing this to Pickham, which I think is a little bit more accurate depiction of this fight. Uh, on the detriment for Strickland is the fact that he's lost his last two. But if you look at who Pereira, now champion, and Cannoneer just a month ago, elite fighters within the middleweight division. Now, this fight because of its nature and short notice situation, Gastelum pulling out is going to be at 205, not 185. Two 185-pound middleweight fighters are going to compete at the weight class above to make it fair to Strickland so he doesn't have to kill himself a month after he just fought. Uh, usually Strickland, the taller, longer guy, not in this case. Imovov mm -hmm. is going to be. Imovov, on the other hand, was looking at a fight with a guy in Gastelum that he was going to be five inches taller than, had a four or five-inch reach advantage, and really was set up to look uh, to put on a sparkling performance in my opinion now he gets short notice change a guy in strickland that is hard to fight he's unafraid he talks constantly very very busy very very accurate and imovov in his three round fights what we've seen of him thus far is that he can tire Ain't no tire in Strickland's game. We just watched him go five <laughs> rounds with Jared Cannonier. So it's a fascinating setup. I think the odds right now are relatively reflective of a good close fight. But I lean to Strickland here a little bit. And when I look at the total in the fight, yeah. Dave just pulled off DraftKings four and a half over minus 130. That's not an overwhelming indication for decision. And because Imovov has that history of tiring a little bit, I would wouldn't put it past Strickland with that immense amount of volume to eventually accrue enough uh, damage to maybe finish the guy. Hey, you want that under right now, four and a half rounds. That's minus $1.10 here if you think that can get done before we get into those championship rounds and certainly that fifth and final round potentially in a main event. Well, you mentioned the weight right now that you're going to be fighting at, at more weight than these guys are accustomed to so Sean doesn't have to cut that 20 pounds and you can fight this at 205. Does that favor one guy or the other that you're not going to be fighting your traditional 185? Normally, you know, again, if it was the larger man striking against the smaller guy, I'd say it helps him with his takedown defense and if it was a wrestler against a striker even size I'd say it helps the wrestler but while Strickland maybe fate maybe uh, benefited by the fact that he doesn't have to cut the weight so is Imovov and Imovov's 6'2 he's two inches 6'3 he's two inches taller than Strickland so I, I don't see the weight difference as being a huge advantage for either especially given the fact Dave that I just don't think either of these two guys on unless they get rung, are going to grapple, wrestle, or clasp. I'll be fascinated to see where this number moves when we have our full hour conversation on First Strike on Friday here in the network. But that's where the numbers uh, reside today. We'll see if there's a lot of line movement here in the next 72 hours. The co-main event of this one could be explosive whenever you have Dan 50K Ige on the card against uh, Damon Jackson here. Ige right now a small favorite at minus $1.25. Damon Jackson right now plus $1.05. How do you see this uh, right now on a Tuesday here, First Strike, First Look? What do you think these numbers look like to you? First blush, 
you see Ige, who's won, won one fight in his last five. And so initially, you look like he's a downbound train. You look at Jackson, who's won four or five in a row and looks like spectacular, especially since Damon Jackson's last fight was against an up-and-coming, rough-and-tough Philly grappler, Pat Sabatini, and he finished him in the first mm -hmm. round. I think that the market, even the makers, are putting too much into recency, and I think Ige is not getting enough premium for who he's been in with. And I think Jackson may be getting a little too much shine for that uh, one fight. Uh, great work, be, albeit over Pat Sabatini. And based on who Ige's been in with, the fact that he lives in Vegas, trains there, I think this is a really, really good spot for him. And this this uh, line is slowly climbing. I expect by the end of the week, Ige should be priced closer to how at least I view this fight. And that's minus 150 minus 160 maybe hmm. right now you can get them at minus 120 and i would advise taking ege minus 120 right now in fact i'll make it an official release it's gonna be the release that i send out tomorrow on the digital point spread weekly so i'll give it to everyone now because i want you to get the price now as opposed to what it could be later in the week and there's the advantage of being a decent pro subscriber right there. You're going to get loose numbers here early before these numbers change. And that's why we do the exercise each, each and every week here on a Tuesday. First strike, first look to get the better of the number, as Lou just pointed out there. You're going to get the better of the number on the Ege side today because to lose point, this number may go up. Uh, precipitously here before we get to Friday and certainly Saturday on fight day. That total, by the way, Lou, right now, you can understand why here in a potential three-round matchup, the over is juiced minus $1.85 I'm seeing here on a Tuesday. Does that number go up, or do you think Ige is finishing potential here in this potential three-round bite? Now. I do I do think Ige has fi finishing potential, but he's not really known for his power and the way to put Damon Jackson away is via body attack. You know, you if you beat the body, the head will follow. That will have to be the path that Ige takes, and it's going to take a while to chop down that tree. I would tend to think that the thing is going to go over, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Ige is, a, is uh, able to finish Damon Jackson. Jackson has been finished before. All right, Lou, we got a very interesting card here. We want to go through some of these fights here with uh, Roman Kapalov against uh, Ponahele Soriano here. Soriano right now minus $1.50. Kapalov right now plus $1.30. Rocky Pennington's back on this card. She's coming in against Ketlin Vieira. Vieira is surprising to me only at a minus $1.20 against the veteran in Rocky Pennington. Very quickly on those fights, and we'll go even to some of the uh, earlier fights in the prelims card. Uh, what do you make of those two? Pretty evenly matched, at least on paper, at least the odds makers. Not any huge favorites. Favorite in those two. No, and, and Pennington and, and Vieira's tough. I lean to Pennington just because of her grit and her experience. Uh, Vieira tends to be a little bit inactive, and if things go into decision and it's lined like it, it's a no-brain cinch that it is, then I think that uh, Pennington would be uh, a worthy choice. In the other fight, you got two middleweights, journeymen. Why are they in a co-main or just under the co-main event position? I'll tell you why because neither one of these guys is going to do anything but stand in the middle and swing i think soriano's <laughs> got a little bit more power and he's also got more ways to win kapilov dubious defense i think soriano is the rightful favorite here and he opened a little higher than he is now dave he opened 180 and he's sifted mm -hmm. down to 150 or 55 soriano would be a good look too
Very interesting. Well, we mentioned the ladies' fights. The first one of the card, Priscilla Cachuera, is going to take on the Sarge. Uh, Sajara Eubanks is back in there. And Sajara is a big favorite here for the Sarge. Minus 230. First fight of the night, Lou. Uh, is that too big a price tag for you? I think it is. Sarge opens 160, goes to 230. Now she's back at 135. She didn't have success there. So she moved to 125, didn't have success there. She's bouncing back up. She's also now, what, uh, 30 some years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, Kachera, what she does have is very little skill, but tremendous heart tremendous granite beard for a woman. She could take a shot, but she's got unbelievable power. Uh, Sarge is coming off a finish in her last fight. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't understand the line movement here. And then when we look at the total, if we'll look at the total of that fight, one and a half, the over minus 150, rarely do we see women's fight with a one, one and a half. That's always two and a half shaded heavily to the over. I think Kaishuera has a chance to finish Eubanks. The props aren't out yet, but that's what I'll be looking for later in the week. Right now, that under, as you mentioned, Lou, the, no, no, normally always painted two and a half. It is one and a half to your point, plus $1.20 in that first fight of the night. All right, uh, Lou, before we, we sign off for First Strike, First Look today, give me another fight on the card. Maybe you've seen some interesting line moves or one that you still think there's value here on a Tuesday. Yeah, let's see. Let's let's go to Razak Al-Hassan. Again, I'm picking okay. on these fights with the bigger fighters because there's only three fights at 170 and above. The rest are tiptoers. So Razak Al-Hassan from Ghana, Ribeiro, the debuting fighter from Brazil. More importantly, here's a one and a half total shaded under minus 230 in a fight where the two guys are a pick So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out here that rather than take one guy or the other, let's find one guy inside the distance or the other guy inside the distance, take a huge price and go that way if the line makers are so sure this thing's going under. Uh, Ribeiro has had like 10 fights and eight of them, he, he's won eight, and, uh, excuse me, Ribeiro's had like 12 fights, he's won 10, eight by finish. And Razak Kel Hassan, uh, later stages of his career, all he's ever had is power, and that's all he's going to have in this one. So maybe one of those two guys finishes the other. I think that's the way it's going to go, or at least that's the way I'm going to look at it. Somebody feels like they're going to sleep at UFC Apex in that small uh, ring that they have there at UFC Apex. So those guys are not going to be far. They're going to be in that phone booth uh, come Saturday night. Very quickly, Lou, before we sign off for First Strike, First Look today, there was big news in the MMA world. And you and I are old boxing guys, and now we've been you know, MMA guys for the last decade or so. Jake Paul, okay, going from a YouTube sensation to a boxer and now is going to make the next segue to the PFL signing a deal with them. First of all, what do you make of it? And are we going to have to take him seriously in the handicapping game once he gets into PFL? I've tried not to, but now we must. Listen, here's a guy that's taught himself how to fight slowly uh, by opening his yapper and making a lot of money doing it. I wish I was so smart for crying out loud. (laughs) Uh, And not only that, uh, he's not afraid of Dana. Dana uh, is hidden under a rock right now for reasons everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this kid, the other fighters like what he's doing. He's bringing light and attention to the plight of UFC fighters who are getting abused. So uh, really, he has more fans than enemies. And I'm beginning to have to respect the young man. 
It's absolutely amazing to see what's happened literally from a YouTube sensation to boxing, fighting old UFC guys, uh, per se, to get his name in there and now signing with the with the PFL. So he's got a part uh, stake in ownership, I do believe, with the PFL. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see Jake Paul as he now progresses into mixed martial arts. Lou, it's always great to be back talking with you. We will do it again for the full hour on Friday on First Strike. And again, follow Lou on Twitter as I do at Gamblu. And very quickly before we sign off, tell the people what they get when they check out the Bout Business Podcast. A short, brief synopsis of each week's UFC final releases per Gamblu. Short, sweet, to the point. And thank you for mentioning it, Dave. And already gave out Dan uh, 50K Ige here at minus $1.25 before that price changes. There he is, Lou Finicaro, everybody. We'll see you right back here for the full hour. First strike on Visa. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 